0: Welcome to the Theater Queens Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Ellie. And I'm Alyssa.
1: As you see in the title, uh, this is part two. If you have not listened to part one, uh, we recommend you pause this, go listen to part one, and then come back, because there will be parts that you might not understand. Going into the second act, the songs should be crazy epic or really important to the story. Whipped into shape, I think does both.
0: Going into act two for the audience, you need a song to bring everyone back to the story that they weren't in for like the solid 10 minutes of intermission of just like going to the bathroom, getting a drink.
1: You need it at the level of the excitement in the show.
2: is a reminder also, I think, of the, uh, the pace and the style of the show because you start off immediately with a crazy dance number. The stamina that those people must have Especially Brooke. Yes. It's not only the stamina, by the way, of the jump rope, it's also the pauses where where they pause the video on her and she is...
0: She's just holding the position.
2: Holding the position.
0: And these are like crazy positions that she's holding.
2: It's Mm -hmm. insane.
0: So then when it gets to Elle talking to Brooke, just the two of them, and hearing the alibi...
1: Ah, the alibi.
2: I think think something that, that really strikes me at this moment, that Elle does not want to give over the alibi after she gets it. So a very important part of this, I think, is is just the element of consent. She doesn't want to violate Brooke's consent. And I think it's a very important moment for her because I think consent is a theme that pops up quite a bit, especially later in the musical. She she knows how important it is to respect someone's decisions because I think that a lot of people don't necessarily take her decisions very seriously. Brooke made the decision that she doesn't want to give over her alibi. I'm not going to make her. Elle has a line where she says where Warner is trying to get her to give over the alibi. And he's like, but things would be so much easier. And she's like, yeah, but, but by jeopardizing our client's trust and our integrity.
1: So a moment that I enjoyed was, this is the scene where Callahan calls Elle legally blonde for the first time. And I was like, oh, well. Roll credits. Over. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was, they said the name.
2: And, and so Emmett and Elle have a heart to heart, and then Elle decides, "I'm gonna do something nice for you. You've been so great to me. I'm gonna do something great for you."
0: So she takes him shopping!
2: shopping. I love it. I love take it like a man. Okay,
0: this is this is her expertise. She knows fashion merchandising. She's gonna use that to help someone else.
1: Take it like a man.
2: Um. So, fun fact about take it like a man supposedly Laura Bundy and Christian Borrell were not comfortable with how little development Ellen Emmett had, had. So this is a song that they specifically put in to develop their relationship a little bit more. That's cute. To have a moment where you see them actually falling in love with each other or more accurately realizing that they've fallen in love with each other. Aww.
0: Yeah, because I feel like with Chip on her Shoulder or like through all their little study sessions, okay, you can see them developing as friends, but this way it's not out of the blue that they're suddenly in love with each other
2: the amount of respect that he has for for what she does is i think so so important
0: also i want to add just the amount of trust that he has
2: yes Mm -hmm. i think i think every single time we see someone addressing her area of expertise previously it's a little derogatory especially from guys when when she's trying to get into harvard and they're like she's a 4.0 average yes in fashion merchandising like that's a terrible thing because like that's just fashion warner constantly treats her as like as less serious and stupid because that's her area of expertise but emmett kind of immediately knows okay this is what you're good at be good at it show me I trust you mm-hmm. yeah and it's very important I think it also shows especially because he's a potential romantic partner she gets a lot of trust in that from her platonic friends Paulette knows how good she is the other dozen new girls know how good she is and they trust her and they have respect for it but no one who she would potentially want to respect her like that who 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 she would want to have a relationship with really does so him Mm -hmm. showing that he has that kind of respect for her is very nice
0: it's very sweet but in that last moment of the song when they lean towards each other
2: and he goes for a kiss and she's like no
0: emma's so sweetly like going in for the kiss and she totally just like not like right over her head and just going in for a hug Which is, it's a very tiny moment. I have to go back and look at it because I totally didn't realize it the first time. It's
2: very cute. It's nice also, I think, I think that she got to that level of trust with someone without her seeing it as a romantic relationship necessarily. Yeah. Or that she sees it as a romantic relationship, but she, her assumption when he's there is not he wants something romantic out of me it's he actually likes me. Likes her as a person so the more platonic hug is her instinct and I think that's really cute Yeah, and so so we move from Emmett and Elle's love story into Paulette and Kyle.
0: Which also I find it very cute that it's going from a song about Elle helping Emmett to now it's going to be Elle helping Paulette Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's nice I, I really appreciate that the way that Paulette is able to see the Greek chorus is by already having a really great bend and snap. I think I think the only time that she really starts getting bad at it is, is, is when she starts getting self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, when she like feels like people are looking at her.
2: Right, but before that, she's just doing it subconsciously. She doesn't realize that she's doing it, and she's great at it. And I think it really reflects that whole aspect of, of finding hidden depths that that are already within yourself like you don't have to relearn it you just have to do it intentionally instead of by accident
0: i love the like quote-unquote magical power that the bend and snap has in this show that
2: (laughs) it is this like thing it warps all laws of physics
0: it is this thing that defies physics that suddenly gets every man to be into you it's another one of those giant
2: numbers that kind of hits you in the face with a ton of dancing but you love every second of it yeah. so it doesn't matter
0: oh it's so fun it's so fun
2: <sighs> pull it yelling will you pay for stuff I buy and bake me cake and pie and hold me when I cry and I'm like I love you you're amazing I love it it's so great The whole finding your own confidence part of the song is very, very important because it's, Yeah. this song seems a little bit like a throwaway when you first watch it because it's about, even though it's so much fun and it's so big, it's about a minor character finding herself. It's one of the only songs that Elle really doesn't have a solo in and it doesn't seem like that vital a song for her, for, for Elle's story. Whereas even the other songs, when they weren't necessarily about Elle's story, they had vital aspects for El story. This one doesn't really, but it still reflects the theming of the show very well. To Alyssa's point,
1: I talk about tropes in, in musicals in a lot of the episodes that we've already done. Mm-hmm. And the trope of this is taking a very small line in or moment in a movie and changing it into an entire musical number. So to Willis's point, that is exactly what this song is, but then it subverts it by actually giving it depth and meaning yeah. and yeah. actually giving it a, a serious note and a reason to why it is part of the show.
0: Also with Bend and Snap, the vocal gymnastics that Orfe does. Oh my god, yes, she's so good. Unbelievable like <gasps> belting and just everything in this song is fantastic. I love her Paulette so much. Yeah, it's it's just so it's just such she makes it so lovable.
2: I think I think I also would I just love that they that they gave the Greek chorus another song because you can't get enough Analeigh Ashford. She's she's so much fun. I love her. It's so great. So that
1: was Bend and Snap. Then we have to go into their look there
2: gay or european
0: okay gay or european which i feel like we're not definitely not the first people to talk about this this is low-key very homophobic of a song yeah
1: yes
2: this is a very awkward moment in the show and i feel like i kind of want to skip over most of it because it's, mm. uh,
0: it's like it very is cringy. it is not
2: for
1: us to to talk about
0: I, I feel like it's very homophobic, but also it's also in addition to being homophobic, it's also kind of racist to the guy yeah. who his name is like Del Tacos or something.
2: Nikos Architacos.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's, that's so racist.
2: I do want to say, as awkward as it is, I do appreciate that in the musical they changed how she figures out that he's gay from he knows designers to. I did the bend and snap in front of him, which has always worked for me with straight guys, and he did not react.
0: Because again, bring it back to the bend and snap number about how this bend and snap also has the kind of this like magical power to make any guy madly in love with you.
1: Guys, watch this. Did you see that? No, I think you should do it again. Please. <laughs> yeah, it's so good.
0: I think
2: they also they turned a moment that was very much playing on stereotypes of queer people into oh this is actually based on whether or not he is attracted to women mm-hmm. instead of just outdated stereotypes of gay men know designers yeah. and straight men don't
0: which i mean it's still it still is very problematic
2: it's incredibly problematic but at least it's based on a little bit more fact
0: and very racist I'm very
2: racist we're just not yeah yeah and
1: then going from uh racism to another bad thing
0: right after the trial
1: Callahan kisses her
0: yeah again in the movie he just kind of puts his hand on her leg which is also not okay but this where he straight up kisses her Mm -hmm.
1: so something that I noted was Warner's reaction to when he comes in after Callahan you know kicks her off and is like very antagonistic yeah and then Vivian was like Warner stop you obviously aren't picking up the issues with what just happened
2: yeah i know but what i didn't like about that i mean it's it's just something that bugs me a little bit is that she's defending her against warner she says she says warner just stop you you obviously don't understand what's going on but then she just looks at ellen then walks away
0: well what's she supposed to do what's she supposed to
2: do in that situation in that moment say that wasn't okay and i'm sorry
0: that is so much easier said than done. I know.
1: That's not that moment. That's not the moment where you do it. Yeah. Especially because she's in such a a shaken state at that point. Yeah. That is not the place to apologize.
0: That's not a place to apologize. But also, she doesn't know Vivian that well. She does not have that kind of relationship for Vivian to for Vivian to be saying something there. I know. I just I don't
2: know.
1: I thought she did exactly what she should have done, which was waited until the right moment. She obviously. At the end of that notice that she was a legitimate asset. She had a legitimate brain behind the blonde hair.
0: Which I mean that I mean, what does Vivian do? She goes and gets her at the freaking salon.
1: She gets her she gets her out. She gets her out of the funk. And she is in. Yeah. The thing about Elle is that in that moment, she really doesn't have anybody. And that's the point. That was the idea. Was that a, a Calican kicking her off of the case? was literally her losing
0: everything that she has done till now,
1: everything she worked for. So like, of course she's going to feel bad when Vivian leaves because she, yes, she's absolutely reaching out and being like, hey, you know, give me some comfort. But as Ricky said, they're not at that relationship yet. Yeah. Vivian can't do that or it will be weird for the story. Yeah. Like it would be weird in real life. If Vivian was instantly like...
0: A a person you just kind of know. Like a person who's only lightly an acquaintance to you. And who you guys have
1: been nemesises, nemesi, since the beginning of school.
0: To be suddenly comforting you. It's it's not her place.
1: Coming up to you and being like, there, there, it's okay. I, I see your point. I disagree, but I see it. Her leaving is Elle's realization of, I have no one. And that's why when Emmett comes and is like, it's okay, whatever... And she doesn't explain to him what's going on. And then when she does, she says, there's nothing you can do. It's because she's already at that point where she's like, I'm, I'm alone in this.
0: She has made her mind up. She has made her mind
1: up due to Vivian leaving. With Vivian leaving, Vivian was the only girl that would be able to, to back her up. And she didn't. And at that point, she was like, look, I'm done.
0: Well, it's not that she didn't back her up. She like, she said- like Warner, shut up but so she didn't do nothing she did something but it wasn't like a giant grand gesture but then when it comes to she's going to Paulette to say goodbye that's when Vivian's like coming in to step up
1: Vivian's like Mm-mm, you ain't leaving you're smart let's talk about Emmett using the motif
2: and it's the motif on love and he's talking about it and it's yeah, I love it
1: and, and it's like his love for her and it's 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 cute
0: yeah but also because his character is just so very sweet and genuine mm-hmm. that when mm-hmm. it, like when it comes from him, you really just feel you feel the love but there's a really great line you did your
2: best with the hopeless case that's ludicrous it's such it fits so nicely I love it. it's one of my favorite lines in the entire show
0: like that's just such nice rhyming. I love it
2: in the end of that song in in the chorus ish part of that song when she says uh, some girls were just meant to smile and and her voice breaks
0: yeah because it's a very emotional moment her acting you could see how emotional the moment is
2: because that's the entire thing that she was trying to fight against the entire time she was in harvard she started off being that girl who she thought was meant to just smile and look pretty yeah and be by his side and whatever and then she a part of going to harvard was like oh that's not what you want okay let me try harder proving that she's more than that and this is the moment where she's like so some girls were just meant to smile and she's like this is everything that i've worked so hard for and it's torn apart it's so powerful. The acting in that scene is, is phenomenal and I love
0: it. Then from that we get into Elle saying goodbye to Paulette at the salon.
2: I the first thing the first thing that you see is is you go from uh this moment where Elle is just completely defeated and Emmett is trying so hard to break through to her. The relationship seems like it's at like this critical breaking point. But then you turn to Paulette and Kyle, and this is a moment where you see a development of a relationship that doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention or screen time. And I really appreciate that they made an effort to show them communicating outside of him, bringing her packages. He takes Rufus on a walk for her. They're talking. He's like, Oh, thanks for spending that time in the ER with me Mm -hmm. and whatever. You know that the relationship is happening. So when they get together in the end of the movie, it's not, why are you attracted to her? I like, I don't understand where is this coming from? It's there's, there is a moment to bring it to light
0: yeah because very much in the show we don't see anywhere like in the text about what the relationship is other than he's a hot guy who brings her packages so having the moment of him walking the dog and doing all that stuff really like shows that okay there's there's validity to their relationship and then we get into the legally blonde reprise i love the
2: legally blonde reprise i really appreciate that vivian's the one who sticks up for because in the movie, the, it's the professor from her first... The first professor who kicks her out is not Callahan. It's a female professor. And they just took her out of the musical entirely. So, But I like that here, it was Vivian who was giving her the pep talk. They still maintain what is a constant theme in the show, which is women supporting women. But they change it into represent the show a little bit better as opposed to having the professor, which is a very like, movie-esque thing. I think with Vivian... Vivian doing it it's still women supporting women but it fits a little better for the show
0: it shows a little bit of growth for their friendship yes which is important
1: that's what I was thinking
2: I have to point out there's there's an entire dance break in this where the stage is entirely empty the entire ensemble is just out there dancing and then Paulette and Kyle do the whole Irish step dance where she finally found her Irishman yay what was the point of that entire dance number I'm sorry like
0: I don't I don't want to say what
2: is the point of it not what is the point of it. It was very entertaining. But they need it for to
0: happen for 10 minutes. Yeah. Did they need a whole dance number to say that? The dance number was pointless. I don't want to say it's pointless. I just think it was a little extra for the moment. A little extra. <laughs> they could have done that in a lot less moments. Yeah.
2: Speaking of extra, Vivian's riffs. Um. Oh, my God. They're
1: very, very good.
0: Oh, my God. Especially if you could find, I saw it on TikTok, but I'm sure it's elsewhere on the internet. Kate chindle's final performance where she takes that riff and that crazy insane high note and takes it another step up
2: (laughs) she options up oh my god of course she does
0: oh my god like that one of those like this is one of those times where please lord option up and it just is insane she has like some insane note which only dogs can hear um (laughs) but I, i i'm obsessed so,
1: uh, talking about Unnecessary, the entire bathroom scene at the
2: trial.
0: Oh my god, what the fuck was that? In any in
2: any normal courtroom, that would have been an immediate mistrial. I'm sorry.
0: It would have been thrown out! It would have been thrown out, and literally that entire thing could have happened in the courtroom. Why the f- fuck did that have to happen where they go to the bathroom
2: purely for the drama of it
0: did they do that literally for just the single joke of warner being like why do girls always have to go to the bathroom together
1: yes oh my god i think they did that exactly
2: there is this aspect of l had to tell paulette to like take enid away so that they could do the perm so that they could have a physical demonstration but here's the thing is that they don't necessarily need a physical demonstration they did yeah.
0: not. But I mean, very much in the movie, she's like, "Oh, well, this is how perms work," and that was very sufficient.
2: Right. They needed the increased drama of the moment, which they didn't actually need.
0: In the translation from the movie to the show, a lot of these moments were were taken and made more theatrical and more bigger. Yeah. This
2: was too big, too much.
0: This was too big, and that so much that it was a little unnecessary. I think it just kind of made the point, which. In the movie where she just shows her expertise on perms of just saying how it works. This kind of made her, her point a little bit more unprofessional.
2: Mm-hmm. Can we also mention, by the way, what pisses me off the most about this is she's not actually proving that she's a better lawyer. It's It just happens to be that if the answer to this trial had not happened to be exactly in her wheelhouse, there's no telling that she might have succeeded. She could have, and if the story had been any different, she might have But this is, on the one hand, it's delegitimizing her a little bit because she's not winning because she's a good lawyer. She's winning because she knows perms.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But on the other hand, it's showing that this wealth of information that everyone has consistently found to be entirely useless actually does end up becoming a vital source of information. So it's a really, really weird issue and struggle that I'm having with this because I don't know if I like it or not and then she wins Mm -hmm. okay so there's a leitmotif here again because they repeat the oh my god oh my god you guys there is a follow-through when oh my god you guys was originally mentioned it was supposed to be her big moment but it was a proposal and now this actually is her big moment and they're bringing
0: it back Mm -hmm. her big moment was having a guy like her and now her big moment is she did something for herself Mm
2: -hmm. right it's really nice
0: yeah it is really nice and really sweet
2: from that we move into the final song of the show which is find my way
1: my personal favorite movie trope which is where are they now (laughs) which is just hilarious in a
2: musical
0: but also i find it really funny that paulette is like oh yeah because you guys don't want to hear the boring graduation speech
2: I have issues. Of course, I have issues. I have issues with everything. But uh, Warner's storyline in particular, the fact that he just makes it as a model anyway, and it's like all positive and whatever. And it's like, no, he dumped L because he needed someone serious. And then he failed. He failed in the area that he thought he was too good for her in. Yeah. what The point was supposed to be that he learned his lesson because he failed. He had no job prospects. But I think there's also an element of of realism in it because it, it makes a lot of sense for someone like him to still end up just being
0: completely fine. Yeah. But also, it's very much a role reversal for them because, because this whole time, what was expected from Warner was to be this big, fancy, rich lawyer, and what was expected of Elle was just to be this, like, pretty girl. Let's
1: go into fashion.
0: Yeah, to go into fashion and just sit and smile but now like it turns it on its head by making now warner is the guy who he's just a model while she is the rich successful lawyer
2: and then and then i really appreciate that was the one who proposes to emmett the whole show is supposed to be her finding her independence and, and learning how to get on on her own and now she's finally reached this point where she's like she's not gonna let someone else run her life or wait for someone else to make the first move again and i like it and he's super happy first of all it brings back that limousine oh my god again Mm -hmm. it does it really well also because it brings it full circle to another proposal yeah Mm -hmm. but this time she's the one who's in control yeah very much and it's very
0: interestingly done and i really appreciate it
1: it's very good
0: Another interesting thing about this show, amongst a couple other different shows who did this, is they also had the reality show, The Search for Elle Woods, where they had like a reality competition show to who's going to replace Laura Bell Bundy, which I find very interesting. They've done this before in in America with Greasier, the one that I want. Like this concept has been done a couple times in England, but I love America adopting these reality shows for theater. A lot of people who we now know as like Broadway actors and Broadway stars came out of this show, notably Lauren Zakron, who a lot of people know from Rock of Ages. And also, I believe she did end up doing Elwood Woods in like the tour or like some later time on Broadway. But also, Selena Trava who is more notably known as Tony Award winner Lena Hall. Lena Hall, which I, you know what I find really interesting? I would not cast her as Elle Woods. I think she would make a fantastic Vivian.
1: It would be a very good Vivian.
0: Especially with her vocal range and her type of voice. I would love to hear her sing that part of Legally Blonde and just like go crazy with it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Seth Rudetsky was, Mwah. he was, he was just, he was amazing.
0: Seth Rudetsky just being Seth Rudetsky is just always entertaining.
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: No, but I I used to work for him, and he's very much the personality that you see on TV and on Sirius, that he is just this fun person. Okay, so let's let's, uh, finish this off with some final
2: thoughts. Everyone, we're going to say our favorite song, we're going to say our favorite character. Ricky, why don't you start
0: us off? I think my favorite character is most definitely Paulette. But I mean, I might just be because she's just so lovable and just Orfe is just such a performer and just Celtic moods. Celtic moods. It's so entertaining. It's always, I mean, everything that Orfe does is just so entertaining to watch. And I think that leads into my favorite song, which is probably Bend and Snap, because the second that comes on my playlist, I am dancing, I am bopping. And again, the vocals are just insane. Ellie, you're next.
1: My favorite character, probably is Emmett because he's just—he's so sweet and so innocent. He's so cute. And there, there are a lot of moments where, like, he is just having a fantastically fun time. Especially again, him drinking Red Bulls. That li- it's just it, that line is so funny to me. <laughs> My favorite song, surprisingly, Blood in the Water. Ooh. I, I love me a good villain song. So Blood in the Water is very good. Alyssa, what about you?
2: Um, mine, okay. So I'm gonna be basic as hell, but my favorite character's Elle. The... I love her. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm really basic. I tend to like protagonists a lot. And I think I think she has such a meaningful art. I I really just Elle is very, very well done, and I love it. I also like the idea of not villainizing femininity so Yay. Woo! and then my favorite song I I was torn for a bit between uh take it like a man and legally blonde the the original not the reprise I think I'm gonna have to go with legally blonde it's really difficult to make a decision especially because I have like a personal connection to a lot of these songs but like I think it's got to be Legally Blonde. Everything that was in that, the acting, everything, it's done so well.
1: It is. Alright, um, and with that, I think
0: I think we are very much out of time.
1: We are, we are very much out
0: of time. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Theatre Queen's Podcast. Please interact, share, like, comment, tell us what you think of the episode. Let us know what shows you want us to talk about in future episodes. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, and RSS at Theater Queens Podcast and at Theatre underscore Queens on Twitter.